everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Alicia. And this is Camp Final Girls. Everyone. Oh my gosh, is your Gatorade cucumber flavored? Why? Can I can smell, smell it? it on your breath. <laughs> well, thanks. It's in the recording. Now. That's it's fine because she's in person. That's I why am. I can smell her. <laughs> <laughs> it always smells like cucumber water. That's what it smells like. At least it doesn't smell like shit. <laughs> well, I didn't say it didn't. <laughs> well, hello everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. Um we're doing it in person yes. because, um, what's her name? Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> I should call you Alicia because that's what my mom calls her. Everybody calls me. <laughs> I don't even think I know my own name sometimes. <laughs> I know when I first met you, I didn't know what your, your real name was for a long time. I was just like, it's I my fake call name. your name because I was like, I don't know if it's Alicia or if it's Alicia. <laughs> but so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Alicia is here to visit. And we've been having a lot of fun in New Mexico. We've been eating a lot of New Mexican food. It's very spicy and burning my mouth. I'm not yeah, used to it. Because we got twisters this morning and the green chili here. Is, uh, that restaurant is really spicy. Yes. And I have to say, chili fries here are not like chili fries in California. <laughs> She's used to like the Texas chili. Yes. That's I guess why, so. where it's not spicy at all. It's just and meat. It's like, it's like ground beef and red chili. Yeah. You know? Which is delicious. <laughs> But, and then we, um, yesterday we went to, um, the salt yard, salt yard? That, yeah. yeah, which is, <laughs> which is a place. It's like a bar. We realized when we got there, so it's like a bar, there's no food there, but there was a food truck there. So we got some chili cheese fries, but I had to get the chili on the side. Mm-hmm. Of Alicia. Yes. <laughs> and then we played some games. We played Jenga and foosball. We and were Jenga masters. Master, like if we could have built it any taller, there you can't go taller than that. No, we we, we were ran out. The sky. I know that was that. <laughs> we were all the way. I was a basketball champion because she made like more than I did, which was five. So she made like seven. No, I made way more than that. But I don't know. I wish we should have counted. Yeah, but their scoreboard was out, and then I rocked her at foosball. Yeah, I did win in the beginning and then I started losing the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> just the rest of the time. You're like, I just needed I to get warm spin score. Spin score. That's <laughs> great. And then we went and then we had to pick up my daughter, which I was contemplating because she was being such a bad girl yesterday <laughs> her whole life. But then we went to the circus and it was a lot of fun. Um the dog show was the best. The dogs are so cute. It reminds me of that show in Universal Studios with the pets. Mm-hmm. I always love watching that. Yeah. And I'm like, so I'm so weird. Like I was crying about it. So it's so cute. <laughs> I, I don't know if you noticed my eyes were a little misty. No, I was trying to hold it. Back. <laughs> I, like, was, I didn't want to ball like a baby. I'm almost so so adorable. I want to touch them. <laughs> no, I want to teach my dog how to do tricks, but she's just so, she's so naughty. She's already interrupted our show at least four times. Mm-hmm. So. Uh-uh, don't chew on that. Charlie. Yeah. And then um and then we came home and went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> now we're here. And um 
Only a couple more hours till I go home. I know it's so sad. It, it always goes by so fast when you visit because it's your only here. For but at weekend. least we're gonna be here in the summer and we'll be here for longer. Yeah, so you gotta take some days off. I know you have. I have to like. I'll put it. I'll request it ahead of time because mm-hmm. I really want to take you guys up to the mountains and stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, heck, we could even one day. Well, it's kind of a far drive and it's not really worth it. But we could go to Roswell. I'd have to or do that when I'm bad. here by myself. Maybe. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it costs a lot of money no it's just a little literally roswell is just like one street with like a bunch of alien stuff on it oh okay <laughs> like the mcdonald's of the spaceship like stuff like that oh really yeah oh that's cool um but and then my sister is driving from cali to here because she's moving in with me dun 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 <laughs> And I keep telling my mom and my sister, like, listen to my podcast while you're driving. I highly doubt they will. My mom <laughs> says that my podcast is too much because of, like, the murder and deaths and stuff, which, yeah. But also, she says I talk about my sex life too much, which you I don't haven't, think though. I do. No, I, there was probably just one episode, though. Well, and it was related to what we were talking yeah. about. I'm like, well, mom, I'm a grown-ass woman. Like, I've had sex. You are? I you have? have? I have a child, <laughs> believe it or not. That's how she was created, if you didn't know. But yeah, I didn't. I I created my three kids in a lab, and they're aliens. The second coming of Jesus. So (laughs) no, she's not. She's a huge sinner. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) so today I am um, doing part two of my Kaylee Anthony case. Um, We're gonna pick up where we left off, which is December eleventh, two thousand eight, is when a skeleton is found in a wooded area. Prosecutor Jeff Ashton said what they found at the scene was a tiny skull sticking out of leaf debris, black trash bags, and a dirty white canvas bag. With the um, body was a baby blanket. They could just barely make out the shape of a Winnie the Pooh with a piglet on his shoulders. Can you imagine those people that were there and they found that, like a little baby blanket and these little bones, like... I don't know how those people can do that. Like when, especially when it comes to kids, like, yeah, it's really, I mean, it's such an interesting job to have because mm-hmm. like, then you think about, um, the medical examiner, like they're literally holding these bones in their hands and examining it every way that they possibly can to figure out the cause of death. And you have to like almost cut out your emotions when it comes to that. Cause you need to find out everything about mm-hmm. it. You have to like take out of consideration the fact that this used to be a little toddler yeah. that you're holding mm-hmm. their skull in their hands. And I think, I don't know much about like the investig or the like evidence and like how they found out, like how she died. But it's like, I feel like if there's no tissue. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. But I'm saying like, in general, like as a general thing. Well, like it was, I always think of that show Bones. Yeah. <laughs> she found that out, but I know that's all fake. But still, yeah. it is, it's hard to um, come up with a cause of death without. Especially like if they were suffocated, like. That, well, or drowned. Yeah. Or something like that. And then that's why when they have bones, they try to look for any type of trauma, knife marks mm-hmm. or whatever, bone breakage yeah. or whatever that they can find. So, um, Dr. Jan Garavagilia, I don't know her name, but she went by Dr. G is the chief medical examiner on this case. And her job was to identify the remains and help determine the cause of death. She said that animals had scavenged these bones and had drugged them throughout the forest. Oh man. So she could t- imagine like 
So this body was placed in a canvas bag and then two trash bags to try to conceal it. Uh-huh. But obviously, like decomposing body smells, so yeah. animals will find it. Mm-hmm. It's just really sad to think that there was just a little a little baby, you know, tied up in a bag and like animals. Yeah, like Audrey's like size. Yeah, exactly. That's a little so baby sad. girl. It's really sad. Um she could tell this is going to be very a very difficult mission to complete the skeleton, which I've seen the skeleton and they found almost all the pieces, but there was like one foot they couldn't find, mm. you know, which is just, oh, it's so sad that you, they couldn't even find all of her bones. Mm. Um, and the fact that the bones were dry bones with no soft tissue present at all um, tells the investigators that the remains had been there for a long time. So <laughs> to identify the remains, Dr. G sends out bone samples for DNA testing. Um, The discovery of these remains becomes a huge national story because Kaylee had been missing since June, Mm -hmm. which is when her and her mom went missing. And it's been like, they've been searching and searching and searching for these remains. It's such a popular, I mean, remember EquiSearch came out and they searched everywhere Mm -hmm. and they couldn't find these remains, which is crazy because one of the shocking things about these remains is how close they were found to the Anthony home, which Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how they didn't think to search that area for all that time. (laughs) Kind of weird. Probably because she said she was at her boyfriend's. So maybe they just searched closer to that area is my assumption. I don't know. Cause how could they be searching for this long and not even think to search over there? Exactly. Exactly. Like that close to the home because, um, it was literally like just around the quarter corner. It was less than a quarter of a mile away in a wooded area, which is crazy to me because <clears throat> I don't know. The crazy thing to me about it is like, if you did do something to your child or it was an accident, whatever happened, what she didn't even attempt to hide the body that well. Mm-hmm. She just put it in a bag and put it in the woods. Like, like she was nothing almost. Well, why wouldn't you like throw it in a river or something? like, you know, she didn't even attempt to do that, which is weird to me like it's almost like she wanted it to be found I don't know like it's just so weird that whole thing like because the remains weren't sealed well enough so um how could you go so far as to put your child in a bag throw her on the side of the road like with no care like you're and you know like I said like if she she had to know that those remains were going to be found she didn't put no effort into hiding them that's just the weirdest part about that to me um, Plus, it was, this was in Florida, right? Yeah. She could have went to the beach. Yeah, or to any type of swampy area. Yeah. Like, they're all around. So, on December 19th, eight days after the body was found, Dr. G held a press conference. She confirms that the body found was, in fact, Keely Anthony, and that the list she listed the manner of death as homicide. Because the body was completely decomposed, she could never definitely give a cause of death but named it a homicide because of the circumstances of the way that the body was found yeah she's like there's no way you're gonna try to like wrap her in a trash bag and this and that if you didn't kill her like Mm -hmm. why exactly the fact that she that's what i'm saying like she couldn't find the cause of death because it was just bones yeah so she she's like i don't know how she died but this was definitely murder according to this um medical examiner (laughs) so Cindy and George describe hearing about the discovery of their grandchild's body as being completely earth shattering. Like their bodies were being pulled apart, like torture. And I just like 
remember George talking about it. He's like, it's like, it's like your whole entire world is just falling apart. Mm -hmm. Like you, not only are they trying to find their granddaughter, but they're hoping with everything in them that like their daughter didn't do this, you know, that would be like really hard to go through. I would know without a shadow of a doubt that my child did something to theirs because there's no way that you're going to be missing for 30 days or however long it was come home and be like oh yeah my daughter's missing oh and we'll get into later when the trial starts we'll get into what casey was doing while her daughter was missing Mm -hmm. and it's disgusting what she was doing yeah it's just it's i don't know it's it's disgusting So now, with a possible chance of conviction, the police get a warrant to search the Anthony home, hoping to find something at the home to tie them back to where the remains were found. And they found that Keeley's room was decorated completely with Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. So that matched the blanket that was found with the body. And the canvas bag ended up being a laundry basket one that is sold in pairs by a local store and they found the base of the basket that was out in the woods Mm -hmm. at their house. Oh, wow. So this was enough for detectives to indict Casey with first-degree homicide, which is crazy because when you do first-degree homicide, it means that she planned it. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to say, which usually when detectives are doing, um, trying to solve a case like this, they don't go for first-degree murder at Mm -hmm. first. You know, they try to get it on, like, neglect or uh, manslaughter or something Mm -hmm. like that but they started with first degree homicide Mm -hmm. as the days leading up to the trial approached the hunger from the public for the story to unravel grows due to the media laws in florida every document and piece of evidence is released which is so crazy to me it's almost like it reminds me of that game we played hunt a killer where it's Uh like as evidence is coming out the public can see it yeah so every little piece of evidence that comes out um the public is just speculating on what it means, Mm -hmm. you know? And anytime something is released, they just like, they run rampant with theories, Mm -hmm. which how could you not? It's such a popular story. I think when any case, like everyone's going to have their own opinion about what happened. Yeah. But this case specifically, like Mm -hmm. as evidence is coming out, they're like, here's this, here's that. Um, So Jose Bias held a press conference almost every day claiming Casey's innocence. He didn't have it that much experience in court, and a lot of people believed that he was in over his head. On May 9th, 2011, nearly three years after this discovery of her body, is when the jury selection was beginning. Um, Can you imagine being part of that? So, and that's the thing about this case that was really difficult for the courts. They couldn't find a jury who already didn't have an opinion of this Mm -hmm. case. And that's the whole point of selecting a jury is you have to find a jury who um, doesn't know until they see the evidence, like trying to give everybody a fair chance at the trial. Mm -hmm. So Brad Conway was the attorney for George and Cindy Anthony. He said that selecting a jury for this case was that was impartial or didn't know about it was near impossible. The judge felt that if Um, It would be impossible to find anybody in Orange County for this trial, but instead of moving the trial, which is normal, they Mm -hmm. just moved the trial, they brought jurors in from other places for this case. Mm. Um, Russ Heckler was an um, alternate juror for the case. He said it felt strange for a jury case like this to pull you out of your town, away from your family Mm -hmm. and your job for this long. That's that's just not normal. Normally they move 
the child to another county or something. Mm -hmm. um, a certain amount of seats were saved in the courthouse for media and the family. And the rest were given out in a lottery to the public. People would get in line and start waiting for to be a part of the in the courtroom from like three to four a.m. is when they would first that's crazy. line up like as though it's like some spectacle. You know, it's that's sad. It's really crazy. People were literally getting in fist fights about who got a seat at the trial outside. Oh god! Like they were just beating the shit out of each other because they wanted to be in this courtroom. <clears throat> On May twenty fourth, two thousand eleven, the trial begins. George and Cindy were granted access to be in the courtroom, even though they were witnesses, but they were instructed not to show any emotional and any emotion at all during the whole thing. How can you not? Which that's what they said. But the judge said, if you're going to show emotion while you're in there, you can't be in there. Mm. So they agreed to it. Gosh, that would be hard. Especially George, because we'll get into like some things that George gets accused of. It's just, I don't know, it would be really hard to mm -hmm. be the parents of a mother who got accused of killing her own child mm -hmm. and to sit but like i said they were witnesses to the case so yeah. they almost shouldn't have even been in there but the judge was like you can since you're also kaylee's grandparents like yeah. you deserve to be in there mm -hmm. during opening statements casey had her hair pulled back and was wearing loose a loose fitting like dress clothes it was a very different image than what was presented in the media of her because they just saw her as like she she was wearing like tight clothes and like had her hair down and mm -hmm. all that stuff in the media but then in court which i know they do that that's mm -hmm. a thing that's a tactic but they try yeah. to make you look like innocent and like yeah. yeah during opening statements the prosecution really tried to make the jury understand that when you look at Casey's lies and behavior during the time that her child was missing, including all of the physical evidence, it's clear that she was the murderer. But the question was the motive. Why would she do such a thing to her own child? Investigators do a deep dive into what they think is the answer. Casey's troubled past. They bring in her childhood friend, um, uh, Keo Marie Cruz, and she said that when Casey was pregnant, she kept saying that she didn't want to keep her. She would wanted to give up her daughter for adoption. That's what, from the beginning, when she found out she was pregnant, she was like, I don't want to be a mom. I'm not ready for it. I just want to get rid of the child as soon as I have it. Oh my gosh. But Casey said that her mother told her that she, that wasn't an option for her. Mm -hmm. Her mom was like, no, you got pregnant with this baby. You're going to have this baby and we're going to raise this baby. Like, mm -hmm you have to deal with her consequences she told was told by casey that she had to keep the baby so prosecutors were trying to paint the picture that casey really didn't even want to have a child in her life at all and then it got to the point where she was just like i don't want this kid anymore mm -hmm. and that's that's what she that's what the picture they were trying to paint because she just wanted to go back to her life mm -hmm. that she had before she had casey because she was young like I'm not saying it's okay, but she didn't even want to have a kid in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, and that was when uh, Jose Bias took his turn in his opening statements. And he was able to explain away her lies and reason why she didn't call the police for 31 days. Because like, imagine, so imagine you're hearing this case as a juror mm -hmm. and you come in as the defense attorney and you have to explain away this woman's behaviors. Like she didn't, she disappeared for 31 days, didn't even call the police that her child was missing. Mm -hmm. So how, how would you explain that to a jury without making your client look guilty? 
Um, so he starts by claiming that Kaylee Anthony never really was missing. They say that on the morning of June 16th, they say that on the morning of June 18th, 2008, Casey had gone to work, or sorry, not Casey, Cindy had gone to work and George and Casey were at home and they were looking after Kaylee. Um, they lost her. Kaylee went missing for a little while and they couldn't find her. George looks outside and finds her in the pool. Um, he pulls her out and carries her in her arms. And she, he's basically, Jose is trying to say that, that Kaylee got out of that backsliding door, went into the pool and drowned. And that was the day that she died. Like she was never missing this whole mm -hmm. time. She died that day. That, that is what it is. Um, Jose Baez says George yelled at her, like in the court, he's like acting this out, Jose biases, and he's saying, look what you did. Your mother will never forgive you. You're going to jail for the rest of your life for child neglect, like mm -hmm. just yelling at her. And Casey cries and begs him for help. He finally agrees and helps her figure out how to dispose of the body to save his daughter's life. He says that Casey didn't have anything to do with the disposing of the body. It was all George. According to the defense, wrapping up the bodies in plastic before disposing of them was what he did before burying family pets in their yard. So that's, I mean, that's pretty crazy mm -hmm. to claim like nobody ever thought it was the parents. And here's oh, Jose Bias, the very first opening statements. He's like, it was an accidental death and George disposed of the body. Like, that's just crazy to me that mm -hmm. he drops this bombshell um, for years. Casey had been, um, I'm sorry, hold on. But being a retired police officer, why would he Well, exactly, that, you know? And, like, he knows that it's, like, disposing of a body that way, it's going to get found. Yeah, he, he wouldn't no. have done that. No. Like, that makes absolute no sense. It and to people who know being a cop, knowing what it takes to hide it and never be found, that's not something he would have done. If it was him, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And especially if that's the way that he buried family pets in the yard, why would he do the same thing? Like yeah. to tie him back to the, just crazy. Yeah. It makes no sense. So for years, Casey had been leaving her parents home, going to her job at Universal Studios, often taking Kaylee with her and dropping her off at the nanny, but she had no job and she had no nanny. Mm -hmm. So like, what was she doing every day for yeah. two years? That would be like when I was living with my parents or even my sister, mm -hmm. just leaving every day being like, bye, going to work and mm -hmm. then dropping her daughter off somewhere. Yeah. For two years. That's just crazy that she was even like trying to trick her family. this whole Yeah. Time. So how could they justify Casey's lying? According, according to um, Jose Bias, he says that, yes, my client is a liar, but that's only because her father raised her that way. He claims that. Um, George had forced her to lie ever since she was just eight years old. And this was the age where he began to sneak into her room and touch her inappropriately. Oh gosh. So, so now they're blaming him yes. for all of this. Imagine you're just a father. He says that she has become such a good liar because her father has taught her how to cover up such dysfunction and terror that was happening at her own home. The whole time this is happening in the courtroom, George is showing absolutely no emotion because that's what he's told to do. So, and he's a police officer or retired, so yeah. he can 
Yeah. He can yeah, do They that. know how to do that. And it's just crazy to me. Imagine you're in a courtroom for your daughter who's on trial for killing your granddaughter. And now they're blaming and you. She, they're throwing, and they're saying that you're sexually abusing your daughter her whole life. Like that sucks yeah. that that happened to him. Mm-hmm. I really think that sucks. Um, this was such a shock to the media and it was all they could talk about because of this course. is a bombshell. This wasn't like a part of any part of the case at all mm-hmm. until Jose Bias just was like, boom, dropping mm-hmm. this bombshell here. That's so sickening. DA or not DAs. Well, yeah. Uh, def- no. yeah. Defense attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just gross. Like they literally can get like serial killers off because of the lies yeah. that they come up with that's so disgusting like oh that makes me so angry with because only because i know certain things on these people can get away with stuff and it not only yeah because i was watching jose Baez like in the courtroom and the way he was like talking and acting it's almost like they're like those slick car salesmen that can almost convince you of anything yeah. you know like mm-hmm. his slicked back hair and his smooth words they're very manipulative manipulative yes it's just it's uh, which i get i know that there has to be defense attorneys out there because there are innocent people who get charged of yeah. things but still it's like um i don't know i can't imagine that being my job trying mm-hmm. to get especially somebody who supposedly killed their daughter like yeah that's sad knowing it's probably it is her but trying to blame other people like yeah, that's coming wrong. up with a story to tell that yes. just to get them off they can literally create this extravagant story and people are going to believe it yeah like it's and, crazy. and it's crazy because the whole point of going to trial is the prosecution presents first mm-hmm. that's what happens and then the defense job is to basically destroy the prosecution's case mm-hmm. That's the, I'm like, I feel like it should be the other way around. Yeah. Like the defense should go first and then the prosecutions that should destroy their case. Yeah. But that's not how it works. It's, it's weird to that's me. Crazy. It's really weird. So then when court resumes, George is immediately on the stand so that the prosecution can ask him if this is true. They're mm-hmm. like, let's just get this out of the way. Let's ask him about mm-hmm. what Jose is accusing him of. Um, has he ever sexually assaulted his daughter? He answers no. Then when they ask if he was present when Kaylee died in the home, he also said no. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, none of none of this is true. Um, a part of pro- the prosecution's defense against this was that the video evidence of courthouse visits between Casey and her father, because mm-hmm. remember, every time they would visit, it was all video recorded. Mm-hmm. During visits, when her father <clears throat> just keeps asking if he could help or if she could please just tell me something, what do you know? Casey just says no. You've been the most amazing father and the best grandfather. I just want to see you and I miss you all terribly. And she's like, mostly you. I miss you the most. You're a great dad. You were a great father, grandfather to Kaylee. It's like if if all of this is true, she, she wouldn't be, be saying, acting like that. No. At all. So that should have been already like dismissed. Like dismissed. That's like, no, true. this isn't true. Yes. He's lying. <clears throat> so then it's Jose Bias's turn again. But instead of questioning the supposed sexual abuse that he brought up, it's really weird. Um, he brings up something else to terrorize George. In late January 2009, George attempted suicide. After Keeley's remains were found, a few weeks later, George went missing. Um, he had gone to a local hotel in Daytona Beach where he took about 70 prescription pills and drank a bunch of beer, and he wrote a letter to his family. Mm-hmm. He wrote... 
that he missed Kaylee and wanted her back so bad. He said he couldn't believe um, that she was found so close to the home and he loved his wife, Cindy. And he said that he's ready to go to heaven to be with Kaylee again. He claims that he felt like in the time he just needed to go be with Kaylee. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this poor man, not only is he getting accused of disposing the body, he's getting accused of sexually assaulting his daughter. Mm -hmm. And he's all, now he's this defense attorney is bringing up when he tried to commit suicide yeah. because he wanted to go be with his granddaughter. It's like, it, it's like Sickening. horrible. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I felt so sad for George during this whole thing because mm -hmm. it's like, they chose this man to be the scapegoat basically yeah. and they were tearing him down and it's, he broke down on the sand and he's like, yeah, I did try to commit suicide because I just couldn't believe my granddaughter was gone. I loved mm -hmm. her and I wanted to be with her. <clears throat> so the defense paints a picture that he feels bad because he knows he had something to do with the cover up of her death. So that's what they're trying to spin on it. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the first pieces of evidence that the prosecution uses is the car. They start with the smell and then the stain in the trunk of the car. They gave a sample of the carpet to Dr. Voss. He, he studied the chemistry of decomposition. He said that as a body decomposes, it releases a putrefied gas into the surrounding area. He was able to come up with a way to study the presence of these gases in the air. So he basically is the, um, he created this method. Mm -hmm. This is the first time this this had been used. Mm -hmm. So the sample from the ca carpet is collected, cut, and put it into a paint can and sealed. The vapor that seeps into the can is then collected, and the chemicals are divided from this vapor to see if um, it senses decompositions. Mm -hmm. According to him, this provides there was a body in the car. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> to prove this body was Kaylee's, they had to take the hair samples found and examine the, them microscopic, uh, micros, microscopically. Mm -hmm. And they used mDNA, which is mitochondrial DNA, mm -hmm. from the root of the hair. mDNA is something that you only get from your mother. So it had to come from this hair either had to come from Kaylee, Casey, or Cindy. Mm -hmm. So the fact that the hair was only nine inches long and untreated proved that it had to be Kaylee's because had it been dyed or mm -hmm. bleached or anything, um, it's whole life. <clears throat> oh, the root of the hair had what they called a decomposition band. Well, like at the very root, there's like this band that forms when you start to decompose. Mm -hmm. And they say that that type of hair is only found on de decomposing bodies. Mm -hmm. But how did the child die? They relied on Dr. Voss's expertise again when it came to cause of death. He said that there was an unusually high amount of chloroform in the hair vapor. Yes, chloroform is normal in decomp, but never in such a high amount. So chloroform is actually a very common chemical that's found just everywhere in mm -hmm. small amounts. But he said that when they were collecting in um studying the vapor there was just way too high amount of chloroform in there mm -hmm. so did casey use that to knock kaylee out not only this but there was search history on the anthony computer for how to make chloroform oh gosh this could be the evidence that they needed to make this premeditated murder mm -hmm. so like she's sitting there googling how to make chloroform and then yeah. it's found in the decomp in the trunk of the car mm -hmm. 
They also brought back um, Dr. G, who said that the fact that the body was found thrown in the woods in a bag proves it was an attempt to hide the body. Mm -hmm. They searched for evidence of trauma on the bones that could be any cause of death and found none. She also points out something strange on the skull. She said that at the top part, was still the top part of her skull was still connected to the mandible which is not normal in decomp because they're not connected so usually when a skull is found the mandible is off the main part of the skull Mm -hmm. um but when they looked and when they looked closer they found a piece of duct tape this is what they think held her mouth shut and why would her face be duct taped other than murder Mm -hmm. like if it wasn't accidental like that's what I'm saying. Death. She probably suffocated her because there's no way once it's bones to find out that's how she died. Yeah, yeah. Except for and like the fact a, that there's duct tape on her skull. Yeah, and she's a child, so mm-hmm. it, it seems like easier. That would be the easier way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's no trauma, there's nothing on the bones indicating anything, and that's the only explanation. And there yeah, could be something that is soft tissue that has nothing to do with the bones. Like mm-hmm. no major trauma. It's just suffocation or poisoning with chloroform Mm -hmm. something like that yeah Yeah. so the prosecution then showed the jury a very graphic video of a timeline of kaylee being alive with the duct tape on her mouth all the way to her decomp this was to give the jury a mental image of what happened to this poor little girl they said the prosecution of the uh, the position of the tape would have covered her nose and mouth making it impossible to breathe because she was so little that a piece of duct tape Mm-hmm. would literally cover that whole area yeah so their theory is that they think casey knocked her out with chloroform placed duct tape on her mouth as the murder weapon and let her slowly die in her sleep because if you knock somebody out and mm-hmm. then you suffocate them yeah this <clears throat> won't wake up after that then she wrapped her up in her favorite winnie the pooh blanket put her in a laundry bag put that bag in some trash bags took it took her car to her boyfriend's house the next day, because she was with her boyfriend that day on July or June 16th. Oh, she wow. was with him that day. The next day, took Kaylee out into the woods and just dumped her there and moved on with her life. What did she do for the next 31 days? This is like the most disgusting part of the mm-hmm. case to me. Um, <clears throat> so what she did for the next 31 days when she was no longer with her two and a half year old is this is when they bring Tony Lazaro to the stand, her boyfriend. This is the person she spends all of these days with, including June 16th, the last day Kaylee was ever seen alive. On this day, they on that day that Kaylee went missing, they went to Blockbuster, rented two movies, and you could see them on the surveillance footage. Like she's mm-hmm. not acting like, oh, my child just died from drowning, according to what the defense is saying. Yeah. Or she's not acting like I just murdered my child. She's mm-hmm. just acting completely normal. Um <clears throat> Tony was asked how she acted that day, and he said she was seemed extremely happy. She was happy to be with me. Not once did she cry or act scared or worried about her daughter, and he didn't even know that there was anything wrong at all. Mm-hmm. Which, like, to me, if that's what the defense is trying to say, like, it was an accidental drowning, and then she just goes spends the next 31 days with her boyfriend? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. So Tony and Clint were DJs who met Casey at the beginning of June. They said that she would, they would throw parties all the time and Casey would be there. Clint said that one night on June 20th, they were hosting a hot body contest and Casey competed in the contest. 
photos from this event become infamous uh, infamous infamous <laughs> um she was dirty dancing with other women at the event while her daughter was supposedly already dead oh my so god so she's just like dancing on women and drinking and having a blast it's like if how could they not see that she did something to her daughter because exactly. i'm sorry if that if my child was dead or missing i could not be out there having fun and partying I'm especially sorry. if it was an accident yeah. that's what you're trying to claim i would be probably in my room like just in the pitch black yeah, crying. And, yes inconsolable yeah. like there's no way i'm sorry like yeah. no that's not normal. And to me too, like if it was an accidental drowning and like George being a cop, supposedly if he helped with this, why wouldn't you just call 911? Then nothing mm. would happen except for it was an accident. Yeah. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. And that's George ha- know that, that has happened like a long time ago when I was younger. Like they found like um, one of the kids, I don't remember if it was a boy or a girl, uh, they found them drowned in the pool. And I feel like that's happened before. Like, if that was an accident, you're going to call the police right away. You're not going to hide it. You're not yeah. going to hide the body. You're not going to, you're going to call the police, try to save the kid. Like anyway, yeah, I mean, like not to get too deep or too personal, but that happened to my brother. Yeah. He drowned and my parents found him and they had to call. They called right away. Right. They were never found accused of like, um, of neglect or mm-hmm. anything it was just it was an accident and that's why if it if that's what it was it would have been treated that way mm-hmm. you know exactly and they he the father would have called the police if yes he, he's a former cop he exactly. knows how the shit goes and if he tried to commit suicide like missing his granddaughter he's not going to cover up her death right yeah at all yeah there's no exactly. way it's just like i said he was a scapegoat and it was just so sad it mm. was sad that he was seen as a scapegoat um, and then, um, then when they called Bobby Williams to the stand, a tattoo artist, while her daughter was missing, Casey went and got a tattoo and it said Bella Vida, which means beautiful life. So while her daughter's missing, she's partying, she's drinking, she's dancing on women and she gets a tattoo, Bella Vida. So the, it's like, she's happy now that her mm-hmm. daughter's not in her life that she's finally she having the single life that she's she... free yeah yeah now it was jose bias's turn he had to take all of this evidence compiled and turn it into a completely different story which of is course like, how how though like how do you do that obviously he did before so I mean, i'm yeah. sure he's gonna find a way so dr lawrence kobolinski was a forensic consultant on the defense uh, for the defense he knew this was a forensic science case because that's basically all that the uh, uh, the prosecution had mm-hmm. is they had it was all science. It was the decomp. It was the vapor. It was the chloroform. Um, so they start by telling a different story as to the smell in Casey's car. They claimed that the smell was from a bag of trash that was found in the trunk of the car. And there was particular and they said it, it was particularly a hot Florida summer day. They called Cindy Anthony to the stand who had smelled the odor firsthand on the stand. She claims that she believed the smell really was just rotting garbage. She later claims that she exaggerated on the 911 call that it smelled like there was a dead body in the car because she just wanted police to get there quicker. So it was like, it was pretty interesting to me because Cindy believed her daughter the entire time. And she, I would never, 
I, I no. wouldn't be able to either. No. I'm like, I would be like, Casey, if finding you... out your daughter's parting and all that, your daughter's missing. Like, no, my child had something to do with it. Yeah, I'm not going to defend if, that. If she accidentally drowned, you would not be living like that right after. Mm-mm. There's no way. But Cindy, I just think that Cindy, I don't know. It, it's really hard with her because I get it. She just lost her grandchild and stuff. And so now she doesn't also want to lose her daughter, but I wouldn't be able to live life with my daughter in it, knowing that she did that to my granddaughter, yeah, exactly. you know, and too hard. Um, then Dr. Voss is brought onto the stand by Jose and he admits this is his first time coming to the stand to testify in this manner. He invented the method method and the machine and it was new and unused technique. Jose Baez digs deeper. The manner of science in question is chemistry, but Dr. Voss's PhD is in anthropology. So he's like, you're telling me you've got gases in a can and that's how you discover there was a dead body in the car. That means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to completely discount this guy's like life of what he studied. He studied this for his entire life. And Jose is like, doesn't you're an anthropologist that mm-hmm. does have, you don't even have a chemistry degree so then jose fights the chloroform defense he brings a specialist on the stand who says like i said you can find chloroform almost everywhere in low quantities then he talked about the search histories for chloroform on the computer that's when he brought cindy on the stand again and he asked if she had um looked up how to make chloroform and she says yes she says that it was an accident because she was really trying to search for chlorophyll. She said that one of her dogs had gotten sick after eating some bamboo in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And I guess that there's chlorophyll and bamboo. And so Mm -hmm. she wanted to make sure that dogs can't get poisoned by chlorophyll. So she was looking up chlorophyll and it brought up chloroform. So there's Cindy again, defending her daughter. That's bull. I just, I don't know if I believe that. I don't believe it. How to make chloroform does not go how to make how to make chlorophyll exactly that makes no sense Mm -hmm. literally no sense exactly that's i'm like (sighs) she should have searched can chlorophyll like harm animals not how to make chloroform like that's not make any sense at all no which again it's like she's just if i found out that there was how to make chloroform on the computer and then there was chloroform fill or chloroform found in the car i'd be looking at my daughter like wow you really did this yes Not, okay i'm gonna come up with a story in my head about how to get my daughter off for that Ugh. like it's just crazy then the prosecution comes back saying this is impossible for to her to make those searches because her time clock at work showed that she was not home when the searches were made and they were like you weren't even home, Cindy. Why are you saying you were searching for those things? Oh, God. And she just, um, she didn't have an answer to that. She's like, oh, well, I mean, if my time clock says I was at work, I guess I was at work. Oh, my God. Isn't that sad? Like, she, I think it's sad that she's they should have charged her with obstruction. Lying on the stand. Like, yeah, she yeah. should have been held in contempt because that's, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. You can't lie on the stand. Yeah. Um, then they bring in the utility worker, Roy Cronk, who had discovered her body in his witness testimony. He claims to have taken a stick and he poked it into the eye socket of the skull to lift it up to like, make sure he was seeing what he was seeing. Mm-hmm. And Jose Bias is like, okay, so since you did that, you contaminated the crime scene. And the fact that you did that, we can't, we can't take into consideration anything that was found at the crime scene then mm-hmm. because how long it was sitting out there we just everything all the evidence that was found out there has to be thrown out and they agree oh god 
So for the duct tape, again, Jose turns to Dr. Kobolinsky um, and asks him, um, asks him for his uh, um, expertise on this, but he's like, no, you need someone better. So they call on Dr. Veneer Spitz. He was a high profile pathologist who had testified in cases such as the JFK assassination, and he was infamous for the OJ Simpson case as well. He did his own autopsy on the body and examined the duct tape in question. He says that due to the fact that she was completely decomposed, you couldn't determine where on her body the duct tape was. He says that there was nothing in the bones that indicated duct tape was ever there and nothing on the tape to indicate that it had ever been on skin. Like her Kaylee's DNA wasn't on the tape and neither was Casey's if she was the one that put the duct tape on. Mm -hmm. He said that if this were the case, there would have been DNA on the tape. But people found problems with this because they're saying, um, okay, if that's your argument, then the fact that Kaylee's body was out there for so long and all of the um, soft tissue cells have decomposed, mm -hmm. but you're claiming DNA would have stayed on the tape? Yeah. How? If her entire body, it would have, the DNA from the tape would yeah. also have decomposed. Yeah. Um, he even said that the cause of death should not have been ruled a homicide. So he's like, you can't rule this a homicide if you don't, you don't have any evidence for it, basically. <clears throat> now the defense needed to explain why Casey's beha behavior was so strange. They used all the same witnesses about Casey's relationship with her daughter. They said that she was always a good mom and never seemed abusive. They were like, there's just, there's no proof that she ever abused her child she was good with her child which is that is a weird part to me mm -hmm. it's like she never showed any signs of abusing kaylee yeah. of treating her wrong in any way none nobody saw that mm -hmm. which is if if casey like really did do this to her daughter it's like it's almost like it's just out of nowhere you yeah. know it's like one day I feel like to me, maybe one day she just met Tony and he was living this crazy fun DJ life. And she's like, oh, well, I have this little girl. Yeah. I can't live that life with him. Mm -hmm. So she just like got rid of her daughter. Yeah. It's just weird and random. So for the defense, they also tried to argue that she wasn't trying to get rid of her child. So she didn't need to be a mom anymore. Hers, she being a single mom for her wasn't hard. They're like, why would she need to get rid of her child? when being a single mom wasn't hard for her, she didn't even have to work technically, mm -hmm. even though they thought she was working this whole time. So how did she get money? That's not, I don't get either. Was, was her family years. just giving her money? I don't understand that That's part. Um, her parents housed her, they fed her, they helped her with childcare. Mm -hmm. There's the defense basically was saying, why would she kill her daughter? There was no reason for it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, exactly. Why did she? That's, yeah. that's the question that mm -hmm. nobody ever finds out it doesn't make any sense um but what was crazy is during the whole defense's um what uh, whatever it's called um they jose bias never brought up again the fact um that casey was sexually abused or that she uh, or that kaylee drowned never brought that up again he dropped it as a bombshell in the opening statements mm -hmm. and never brought it up again and I think the reason why he did is because he didn't have any proof of either of those mm -hmm. things. Um, after, then after 33 days of presenting evidence and witness testimony, it was time to deliberate. In closing arguments, prosecution said, whose life would benefit from Kaylee's death? And 
they showed a picture of Casey grinding on another woman at a bar. Then they showed another picture of Casey with her brand new t- tattoo, Bella Vita. Mm-hmm. And that's when the prosecution said, that's who would benefit from Kaylee's death. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Um, for the defense's closing arguments, the judge refused to let him, like I said, he, the judge even didn't let them use the argument of sexual abuse because there was no proof for it. Mm-hmm. And he wanted, the judge wanted to keep a fair trial. He couldn't argue it because there was no proof. And they say that the prosecutor's story of her death just doesn't add up. So no one really knew how, why, where, or when Kaylee died. He shows a picture of Kaylee opening up the sliding doors to the backyard and claims there's your evidence that that's how she died. That's his only evidence that that is how she died from the drowning. Is there she is in a picture opening up the sliding door. That's so stupid. Which is like crazy how it ends because it's like that's the only proof that they had that that's Mm -hmm. what happened um saying she easily could have let herself out and drown then on july 5th 2009 the jury came um to had selected a verdict after 10 hours and 40 minutes of deliberating belvin perry jr was the judge during the casey anthony trial he said that he had to read the verdict twice when it was handed to him just to make sure he saw it right because he's like I couldn't believe my own eyes when I saw it. <clears throat> then they read the verdict. They found her not guilty on all charges. Yeah. Not guilty on first degree manslaughter, not guilty on aggravated manslaughter, not guilty on first degree murder, and not guilty on aggravated child abuse. So it's crazy that they didn't even find her guilty if it was drowning. Mm-hmm. They didn't even find her guilty on manslaughter yeah. or child neglect or child nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't hold her accountable for Kaylee's death at all. And Judge Perry said when he, he was so shocked that they found her not guilty, he believed as the judge that they had showed enough evidence that she could have at least been held liable for one of the homicide charges. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. They found her not guilty on anything, anything. And it's like, I feel like, yes, Jose Baez was able to, like, poke holes in the um, prosecution story, but he wasn't able to build his either. Mm -hmm. Other than that picture of her opening the sliding door, that was it. Yeah. That was his only proof. But Casey was found guilty of four misdemeanors for lying to the cops during investigation. Mm -hmm. Sydney says she was happy for the verdict. She said she believed that Casey wasn't responsible. She had prayed and asked God that if she was responsible, that she would go to jail for the rest of her life. And that's not what what happened. So she was at peace with it, which is, I don't, I don't know. I don't get that at all to me, how Sydney can just believe her daughter to do that. Mm -hmm. It blows. And she probably made the jurors like, question it too with her stuff mm-hmm. so it's like no if it her lies on the stand if it weren't for her i feel like she probably would have got guilty it's just it's just crazy to me like how can you i don't know it's like yeah people claim that maybe she just wanted her daughter to have her life but it's like but does she deserve to if she killed yeah, her own child exactly um so to george he believed that um in the courtroom, it was about who put on the best show. Mm-hmm. And he said, Jose Baez put on the best show. And yeah. that's why he won. The defense celebrated. Jose Baez said in a press conference that after he knew he could go home and tell his daughter, when she asked him, daddy, what did you did, do today? He could say, I saved a life. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So it like, it's 
makes my skin crawl. Outside the courtroom, people were enraged. They thought it was unbelievable she got off as unguilty. Jurors from the case got death threats after this, claiming they did the wrong thing and deserved to die as well. One of the juror that I mentioned earlier, Ross, said that the jury just couldn't convict her because the prosecution didn't completely present their case. They couldn't prove how Kaylee died and they couldn't tie Casey to it either. It would almost be impossible to prove how she died once she was completely decomposed. They um, could have got her on neglect. Exactly. Or, or manslaughter because yeah. that's accidental death. Yes. It's, I, I don't know how she was found not guilty on any chart. It's, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's, I don't know. It's mind boggling to me. Um, She was convicted to four misdemeanors to four years, so one year for each misdemeanor. But since she had already served three years while they were waiting for trial and she got off on good behavior, she was only in um, jail for 10 more days. Oh, God. And she got out on July 17th is when she is released. She was estranged from her parents, though, because even though even though Cindy like was didn't believe her daughter did it, she still it was estranged from her. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was, I mean, that'd be kind of a weird relationship anyways, especially yeah. after you go in there and you try to claim your dad, dad sexually assaulted you and then help you dispose of the yeah, body. No. Like that's, that's. Mm-hmm. I would never have accept my child back into my home no. after that. No, like her poor dad. I can't mm-hmm. imagine being her dad. She even, um, so she didn't have anywhere to go. So she stayed with her attorneys, one of her attorneys for a while. And then she eventually um, lived in a church compound in Palm Beach for a while. The second the uh, media found her, though, at that church compound, she left. She like fled because she had to. Mm -hmm. On January 2013, a Florida appeals court overturns two of her convictions, two of her convictions for lying to authority. Um, Zenaida Gonzalez sued her for slander because her name was all over social media and mm-hmm. all over yeah. everything. And the, even the Texas EquiSearch team wanted some of their money back. They're like, we spent a month, four weeks looking for this child and you knew where she was yeah. all along. Mm-hmm. So um, she had to file for bankruptcy because she was financially ruined. Mm-hmm. And EquiSearch settled, finally settled with her and Zenaida dropped her charges, which I wouldn't have. If no, I was no, not at all. Um, they then buried in bankruptcy, Kate, in a, in her bankruptcy case is hidden evidence from a private investigator, Dominic Casey, who worked for the defense came about. So this was a crazy part to me, but during all of her bankruptcy stuff, there's mm-hmm. an affidavit in there from this um, PI who worked for Jose Bias. There were several document documents about the behavior he witnessed between Casey Anthony and Jose Bias. He said that Jose had complete control over her. For example, on one occasion, Casey had scheduled a television interview and she begged Jose to cancel. She's like, I don't want to do this TV interview. Just please don't make me do it. Mm -hmm. And she was like begging and begging. He finally agreed, but he said, and this was in the affidavit. Now you owe me three blowjobs. Ew. That's disgusting. Yeah. Over time, it quickly escalated. He said one time he went to Jose's office and Casey came out running, giggling, and completely naked. Oh, my God. So um, Dominic Casey pulls her aside and he's like, what what is going on here? And she's like, well, she confessed to him. She's like, I can't afford these legal fees, so I'm paying him back with sexual favors. That's what she said. 
Oh my god. Isn't that disgusting? Yes. That's so gross. So when Dominic Casey was hired by Jose, he said that he told him to go out and find Kaylee's body. He said Jose knew that Casey had killed her and he needed him to go find the body first. And he, so then they also needed to create a defense theory for the death. Mm -hmm. So he's like, this lawyer called me up and he's like, Hey, I have this woman here. She killed her child. I know that she confessed it to me. We need to go find the body before anybody else does so we can, which is weird to me that if that was true, wouldn't he have known where the body was, Uh but he didn't. Hmm. I'm just now realizing that, but hold on, let me continue. So when he investigated the Anthony home, um, he noticed that there was a portable ladder left in the pool. And that was when this guy, Dominic Casey said he came up with that story Mm. of her drowning in the um, pool in the backyard. Mm. Um, So when the affidavits become public, Jose and Casey immediately deny all of it, which I'm like, it's weird that like these affidavits, like you're working for this lawyer who's defending a murderer Mm -hmm. as a PI, like trying to help him win the case. And he's telling you all this stuff and he's writing it down in affidavits. And then like they come to fruition during her bankruptcy um, trial. And it's just like, it's weird to me because it's like, well, why didn't he come up with it? Like before, unless it was like, well, because it's always been there. He was making those notes as it was happening, Uh but you're, you can't release evidence that's going to indict your own like client yeah which is which the one weird thing to me that makes me not believe him is that jose told him to go find the body mm-hmm. and he couldn't yeah so it's like maybe it's not true or maybe casey didn't exactly remember where she put her or something mm-hmm. i don't know i just think that's weird i it's like a part of me i feel like that's true though because yeah. usually when a defense lawyer is um defending a client they ask them just tell me right now are you guilty or not Mm -hmm. because I need to know how I'm going to help you get off on this charge yeah and they usually tell them Mm -hmm. and they can't share that information because it's attorney client privilege yeah so I don't know I feel like I kind of believe this guy because I mean why else would he write an affidavit that's like he could get in trouble for writing lies yeah exactly it's like weird that's so crazy (laughs) So Cindy to this day still believes the drowning theory. And she says that this explains all of Casey's lies Mm -hmm. because she was trying to hide the fact that her daughter accidentally drowned. She said that Jose told her this, not Casey. She's like, Jose called me and said, Hey, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And we're trying that we're going to try to get your daughter off because it was an accident. Yeah. But George doesn't believe this one bit. He says that during a few weeks leading up to her death, he saw a change in Kaylee. She would sleep 10 to 13 hours in the day, which he's like, that's not normal for a kid. Mm-hmm. He said that she would often have black rings under her eyes and she just always seemed so like sick towards the end. thinks that Casey gave her something to sleep. Drugs she got from her friends, such as Xanax. Mm-hmm. And what is Xanax known? What is its street name? Zanny. So Zanny the nanny. Mm-hmm. He thinks that she was giving Xanax to babysit her child. Yeah. And so she can go out and have fun. Yeah. Cause people would be like, oh, where's Kaylee? And she's like, oh, she's with Zanny the nanny. And like that would make sense. Yeah. That theory makes sense. Cause even Clint House, the guy who was friends with Tony Lazaro, um, said that he's like, oh, yeah, I, I 
agree. I think that it was Xanax because I know maybe she accidentally killed her because she gave yeah. her too much. Mm-hmm. She could have overdosed her. It could have still been an accident, but the fact that you're giving your child Xanax, yeah, exactly. like that's an accident, but like uh you're not supposed to give that to your child that's mm-hmm. like child abuse, you yeah. know, just to make her sleep so that I mean I give my daughter melatonin. To that's go to different. Sleep. That's for bedtime. And it doesn't even work. So yeah. <laughs> So at this point, this documentary that I watched, um, it was made in 2017. And mm-hmm. at this point, George said he would never speak to his daughter ever again. I don't he blame wanted him. her behind bars. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, like she deserves to rot in hell. Mm-hmm. She, she deserves to rot behind bars. If she, I believe she did this. Uh, but Cindy at the time was still talking to Casey all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked it up further and now today, it's really interesting to me. Sydney and George are still together. Mm-hmm. They're married. They're like, I mean, we both have different opinions about what happened, but mm-hmm. nobody else went through this but us. So we understand each other. But George still thinks that his daughter could have done it, but he wants a relationship with her now. He's mm-hmm. like, I mean, you're my daughter. You're out. You're living your life. Like, I, I want to. I don't know if I could. I don't, I don't think I could either. But I mean, especially after her accusations against him, like, no. That's just, it's just so, I can't imagine like if my child killed her child or it was an accidental death, whatever happened. And then they were trying to blame me. Mm-hmm. I, that would devastate me. Yeah. I, I would never, I would like, I don't care how long, that. how long it's been. Like I couldn't. Yeah. No way. <sighs> but this, this case is a crazy one. It's one that like, yeah, I've heard of it before, mm-hmm. but like when I researched it again, I was like, oh my God, I never really like I guess I knew so much about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and plus I was so young when it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, how old was I? I don't know, like 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's my story <laughs> for today. I did two parts, so now it's your turn. <laughs> I get to take a break. I'm so exhausted. And um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. It's it was a crazy mm-hmm. roller coaster ride. Definitely. Um, but thank you for listening and thank you for all of your support. Don't forget to like us on Instagram, Camp Final Girls, and email us if you have any suggestions or anything. Mm-hmm. Camp Final Girls Pod at Gmail. Yes, we appreciate all your support and thank you for listening. Just keep listening and you know, listen to our old episodes. Just keep there's building. a lot of fun stuff in there. There's yes ghosts and there's fun facts chupacabras yes cryptids there's a lot of Mm -hmm. cool stuff in there guys but thank you for listening and have a good rest of your week thank you everyone goodbye